Hello, welcome. Today we are going to talk all about newborn sleep. But first, can we just talk for a second about the phrase sleep like a baby? Because to me, sleeping like a baby, I feel like that means waking up every two to three hours. So we're just going to talk about how to not sleep like a baby on this episode. Of course, it is developmentally appropriate for newborns to wake up every few hours to eat their first few months of life. Some newborns start sleeping through the night earlier than that, but it is developmentally appropriate. But there are so many things that you can do to get your baby sleeping longer stretches and to also make sure that they're going right back to sleep after they eat. I know a lot of people deal with their newborns waking up for a feed and then being up for 30 minutes, an hour after the feed, just trying to get them back to sleep. So we're going to talk about today on how to set the foundation for good sleep so that when they are four or five months old and they are developmentally ready for sleep training, you can either sleep train them at that point or if we set a good enough foundation and baby cooperates, which they don't always do, um, then we can hopefully avoid having to sleep train in the future and they are just set for life with a good sleep foundation and good sleep habits. So we're going to talk today about five top tips for how to get your newborn sleeping longer stretches and how to get them to go right back down to sleep when you're done feeding them. Let's dive right in. Hey mama, are you tired of constantly being exhausted not knowing what the day or night will hold? Are you sick of letting your mental and physical health suffer and feeling out of control of your day-to-day life as a mom? Are you ready to feel empowered and in control of your mind and home and finally feel rested again? Hey, I'm Alexa Martinez, pediatric sleep consultant, postpartum doula, and fellow mama who has been in your shoes and I am so glad that you're here. Think of this as a cozy conversation with your best friend on a comfy couch mixed with a coaching session. Mom life, health and wellness, sleep, faith, and how to get rid of the overwhelm are all topics we will cover here on the podcast. And trust me, we don't shy away from the real and hard stuff. I'm here to help you put systems in place so that you can finally let go of the baggage and start enjoying motherhood the way you were created to. It's time to start feeling like yourself again, friend. So go reheat your coffee, I'm sure for the 10th time today, and let's dive right in. Because mama, you matter too. I wanted to talk about this today because I think so many people just assume because newborns are made to biologically wake up every few hours to eat. It is, there's nothing you can do. It's just normal. It's just survival mode at that point. And that is true to some extent. It is survival mode for a lot of people, myself for sure. It was survival mode. But there are so many things that you can do to make sure that you're laying the foundation then and That way, when baby is four or five months old, they go through their first sleep regression. They're already at the point where they have that healthy, healthy sleep habits built in that you've taught them and worked with them on. And then they might not even go through a regression or they might recover a lot faster and you might not need to sleep train them at all. I personally felt like my newborn was so challenging, specifically for sleep and a lot are, but mine specifically, he was 
so hard to put back down. He would wake up every hour or two all night long, and that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part, well, the first worst part for me was the anticipation of him waking up. I felt like I was always waiting for him to wake back up, so I would never really go back to sleep between feedings because I was just anticipating the next wake up. So that was the hardest thing for me, I feel like. And if I could go back in time, I would give myself a little bit more grace. And I know it's easier said than done, but just try to allow myself to get some rest in between those wake ups because by the time I would finally settle my mind and brain and fall back asleep, he would be waking up. Or sometimes I wouldn't even fall back asleep in between those feeds. So if you're there right now, I totally get it. I have been there. But let's just talk about some things that you can do to try to stretch those feedings a little bit longer. Of course, always consult your doctor if baby isn't gaining weight or has some developmental challenges or um, is just, you know, not growing correctly, not on their growth chart, then you may need to wake them up every few hours to feed. But if baby is healthy, baby's gaining weight, most of the time your pediatrician will be okay with stretching the feedings a little bit more as the weeks go by. So I will share with you what I have learned and what I've helped clients with on how to get their babies stretched a little bit longer between feedings and when they do have to feed, go right back down to sleep. First, I just want to start by talking directly to a a mama of a newborn right now. So if you are a mom of a baby age zero to four months, I just want you to hear me. This will get better you will sleep again. You will have more predictability and routine back in your day. I promise you, you were made for this. You were made to be this baby's mama and it will get easier. I promise. Hopefully these tips will help ease the transition and help you feel like you have some sort of control over the situation. I know you don't really ever with kids, but Hopefully this, um, these next few tips will just give you a better idea of what you can be doing to get the most possible rest and for your baby to get the most possible rest as well. They need their sleep just as much as we do. So number one, let's just go right in. I was going to get into the sleep science behind newborn sleep because I find it very fascinating and interesting, but I know not everybody does, and you are most likely an exhausted parent. So I'm not going to bore you with that. I'm not going to get into the the details of the science, but just know that everything that I teach is backed in safe sleep and sleep science. So tip number one is just making sure their environment is correct. So making sure they're alone on their back in their crib. I do want to talk about cribs for a second. I've had a lot of parents recently ask about when they can move baby to a crib as opposed to a bassinet right next to their bed. I have a lot of parents that will move the crib into their bedroom because they aren't ready for baby to move into their own room yet, but they do want them to move out of the bassinet and into their crib to start getting used to that that's totally okay. It's also okay for you to put baby in their own sleep space. We personally, Carson was in his own room by one month old, and that's not the case for a lot of parents. And um, most parents want their baby in with them longer because 
it decreases anxiety. Whereas for me, it increased my anxiety being able to hear every single noise that he made. So it's okay if baby needs to go into their own room sooner than the quote unquote recommended six months. It is a personal choice and every baby is different and every parent is different. So do what works best for you, but it is okay if you have the monitor on, um, if you have an outlet, if you have some sort of monitor on them where you can hear them and see them. I am totally fine with my own clients and I tell my friends all the time that have babies as well. You can put them in their own room. It's okay. They're safe. You moms don't ever really feel fall in a deep sleep anyway I feel like so you're gonna hear every peep that they make anyway but having a little bit of separation you don't have to worry about every single noise you make and every single noise they make everybody just sleeps a little bit better some parents they sleep way better when baby is in the room with them so it's it's completely up to you and what you feel most comfortable with and what eases your anxiety so alone on their back, in the crib. Um, Also, a correct temperature. So, making sure that the room is between 68 and 70 degrees is ideal. Making sure it's not too hot, not too cold. White noise. We love the Hatch sound machine. It's super easy to use and navigate and it grows with them. We still use our Hatch sound machine for my four and a half year old. We have one in our room because I got used to sleeping with it when Carson was in our room. The next thing making sure the room is dark enough. So it should be pitch black. You should not be able to see your hand in front of your face. If it's not quite dark enough, try adding some blackout curtains and then nothing stimulating. So no dangling mobiles, no like music or toys or anything like that in the crib. Tip number two, invest in a good swaddle. We don't have enough research around weighted sleep sacks. I've been hearing all about weighted sleep sacks recently. First of all, I feel like those that have tried it never have great success with it anyway. It doesn't ever really make a huge difference. But second of all, we don't have enough research to show that it's even safe for a baby. So never put on a weighted sleep sack. The Merlin suit is the suit that makes the baby look like a giant marshmallow basically their arms go straight out to the side if you've ever seen Christmas story it looks like I think it was Ralphie that had his arms sticking straight out and couldn't put his arms down because he had like five coats on that's what the Merlin looks like so basically it's just supposed to stifle baby's movements but it's just another thing that you're gonna have to wean your baby off of once they are rolling so I recommend just investing in a really good swaddle to begin with. We really liked the Ollie swaddle. It was the only swaddle that Carson couldn't break out of and I recommend that to most clients. Some clients have babies that prefer their arms up by their face but still need to be swaddled and so um, I've had some friends use the love to dream swaddle with the arms up by the side. That's totally fine Nested Bean has a good one where they have their arms up by their their face. But we we really liked the Ollie Swaddle. It's Velcro. It straps across the chest. No frills. It is kind of expensive, but we used it every single day for four months until he could roll. So it was for sure worth the investment for us. 
I actually just had a girl in my Facebook group ask about why her baby was suddenly waking up all night long. He was like three months old. I said, maybe he's starting to go through the regression early, but turns out she had taken him out of the swaddle because she read somewhere that it was only safe up to 12 weeks, which is not correct. It is safe until baby is rolling independently from back to front. So she put him back in the swaddle and started sleeping longer stretches again. It's it's amazing how that happens where, you know, you get the wrong information from the internet and it's just people talking to talk, I feel like, on social media about things like sleep training because they don't know the science behind it. They don't know what's really appropriate or not based off of age and rolling and stuff like that. So always ask a professional and don't go based off of what you read on Facebook. Just just putting that out there. So investing in a good swaddles, number two. Number three, pausing. So this is a huge one and something that sounds so simple, but when it's not implemented, it's amazing the difference that it makes. So what I mean by pausing is when baby cries out in the middle of the night, and this is especially pertinent if baby is in the room with you because you hear every single breath and grunt, at least I did, and I know a lot of moms that do. I think biologically we just are programmed to hear that, but I recommend when baby makes a noise to wait, pause and wait for a minute. Oftentimes after a minute or two, baby will go back to sleep. If they are full on crying, of course, address them, feed them, but if baby's just grunting and fussing a little bit, it is so funny how much a baby can fuss and be completely asleep. It just never fails to amaze me. <laughs> I have a video on my Instagram that I posted of my best friend's baby doing this and she l- literally was crying. It seemed like she was crying. I mean, she wasn't crying hard, but her eyes were completely closed and she went right back to sleep. So that goes to show you most of the time, not most of the time, but a lot of the times baby is just kind of making noise in their sleep and just pausing for a minute or two as long as baby isn't getting super upset and screaming their head off, pausing for a minute or two can make a world of difference in baby learning how to self-soothe and just go right back to sleep. And not even, they're not honestly even really soothing themselves. They're just making noise in their sleep most of the time. When we do pause, I, that in itself does help, but pausing only does so much when baby is screaming. So when baby starts really crying, so you let's say you've paused for a minute and baby's really crying. The, the cry starts to ramp up. They're starting to get upset. We're going to implement something called the five S's. So the five S's are to be used for when baby is clearly awake. They're crying And maybe it's not quite time for a feed. Let's try the five S's first. So you're going to make sure that they're swaddled. That's the first S, swaddled. Second, you're going to swing or rock them back and forth. Third, offer them something to suck on. If they just ate within the last hour or so, then they probably don't need to eat. So offer them maybe a pacifier. And a lot of times babies need a lot of practice with pacifiers, so keep offering it to them even if you feel like they don't like it, keep offering it. 
You're also going to side or stomach hold them while you're swinging and rocking and offering something for them to suck on and then shush them. So just shush them with your mouth, even if the sound machine is going on as well. Just shush as loud as or louder than the sound machine so that they can hear it. These are the type, these are the things that we want to do when baby is not quite ready for a feed or they just ate and they just won't go back to sleep after that feeding. These are the things that we want to do to get baby back to sleep. So the five S's are soothing your baby without automatically just offering another feed. Tip number four, wake windows, preventing overtiredness. So babies get overly tired so easily. It's insane. We want to make sure that baby is having an appropriate wake window. So I do have a blog post on wake windows that I will include in the show notes below if you're unfamiliar, but follow your baby's wake windows every baby is a little bit different. So we're going to follow not only wake windows and what they're supposed to be doing, but also their sleepy cues. So as you will learn, as you learn, which starting out, it's overwhelming and this is a brand new person. Of course, you don't automatically off the bat know their sleepy cues, their individual wake windows. It takes time to learn. So if you're in the first month or so, just remember that you will get the hang of this and you will learn and there's no expectation for you to know right off the bat. So first of all, to prevent overtiredness, we want to look for a in the middle, not undertired, not overtired. So getting sleepy but still undertired would be they'd be staring off into space a little bit. They have their their eyebrows are getting a little bit red. They're they're starting to get that that, you know what I mean, that red eyebrow. If you have a baby, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're looking away. They're not able to really hold eye contact with you. When they're ready for a nap, they're going to start getting a little bit fussy. They're going to have bigger yawns. They're going to be rubbing their eyes. They're all around their eyebrows and eyes are going to be probably pretty red. That is when we want to aim to have baby asleep. So when they're getting sleepy, they're starting to stare off into space and some of those other things I talked about we want to start getting them ready for their nap or sleep for the night. So we don't want to wait until they're already ready for sleep to start the process of getting them down for sleep, if that makes sense. So when they are overtired, that's going to be like frantically crying. Their body goes rigid. They're just not having it. They're pushing away from you. They're screaming their head off. That is when you have gone too far. So trying to keep it to where they're not undertired, but not overtired so that they go to sleep really easily. So that's the fourth tip. The fifth and final tip I like to use is called the soothing ladder. The soothing ladder, I go totally in depth with this in my newborn sleep guide. I will leave the link for that in the show notes along with my free ebook in the show notes. So I'll have my free ebook in there that you can download that talks about all of this and more. And then the newborn guide is specifically for ages zero to four months to get the foundation right, which is what we're talking about in this episode, but I can only include so much in a 25 minute episode. So go to the show notes below if you want to download the newborn guide. It talks extensively about each one of these steps and probably 10 more things that you can be doing, if not more. It is a very comprehensive guide. You can skip around. You don't have to use every single thing in there, but 
I just wanted to let you know that that is a resource that you can use if you feel like you need more info. So the soothing ladder is something that we want to use to not just jump right to a feeding every time baby wakes. So if it's been a few, if it's been maybe an hour or two and they're not quite ready for a feed, this is especially appropriate when baby is past the first like eight weeks. If baby, you can implement this before eight weeks, but especially after that, we want to make sure that they're able to stretch their they're between feedings a little bit more. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go into the room and just be, just go into the room, let your, if you're already in the room, of course, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're, if baby is in their own room, you're just going to go into their room. Don't say anything. Don't talk to them. Some babies, this makes them upset, but some babies are able to just sense your presence and they calm themselves. The next ring up the ladder is using your voice to soothe them. So just talking to them, hey baby, mommy's here. It's time for sleep. I love you. Keep it low. Keep it soothing. The third step up the ladder would be to replace their pacifier if it's out of their mouth. If they're still crying, add your touch. So put your your hand on their chest and just kind of wiggle them back and forth. Pat them, rub their head, whatever feels natural to you. The next step up would be to jiggle the mattress a little bit. So if they're in a bassinet or rocker, not a rocker, but in a bassinet or something that can jiggle, you'll just jiggle that back and forth. If they're in a crib, just kind of put your hand on the mattress next to them and move it back and forth as much as you can just to add a little bit of motion. The next ring up the ladder, rung, is it rung? I don't know. The next rung up the ladder if you will, you're going to pick your baby up and soothe them in your arms. So shushing them, make, doing the five S's, basically shushing them, hold them away from your body. Make sure that they know that you're there and that you you're, you're, have noise and they're swaddled. If that does not work, then you're going to feed your baby. We're never going to put down a screaming baby when we aren't in any sort of of position to be sleep training. They're at before five months, they're just not developmentally ready to be left to cry. Pausing and waiting for a minute or two is totally different than, okay, I've tried everything. Baby's still not going to sleep. I'm just going to put them down and see if they'll cry it out. That's, they're just not ready for that. So go ahead and feed your baby at that point. And then after that, you're going to start back from the bottom of the ladder and move through the five S's as well to see if baby will settle and go back to sleep after that feeding. So there you have it. Those are my top five tips for newborn sleep. I know that there's so much more that goes into it and I feel like I could talk about this all day and I will do another episode for sure on newborn sleep and wake windows and things like that. But just to start off with, that is the five basics of trying to get your newborn to sleep a little bit longer, stretch between feedings, have them wait a little bit longer between being fed, and then hopefully you don't need to sleep train or sleep training will come a little bit easier. So those are the five tips that I have for you. I hope that it was helpful. If it was and you'd like to learn a little bit more about newborn sleep, please feel free to follow the link in my show notes to download the newborn guide. I will include a code for 20% off for my podcast listeners. So 
definitely use the discount. And I think the discount brings it to 30 something dollars. So not terrible. It is very extensive. It's about 40 pages long. So definitely check that out. Also, if you haven't already, please download the free ebook that I offer that goes more into mental health with sleep training and more about laying the foundation of good sleep between ages five months to 18 months. But there is some stuff about newborn sleep in there as well. So check out those resources. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today talking about sleep. And if you, again, if you are a mama of a newborn, hang in there. It gets easier. I am here for you every step of the way. Come join my free Facebook group. Hop in there. Let me know how you're struggling, how I can help. I'm in there all the time answering questions and providing resources. So hope to see you in there. I love you. Thank you for showing up with me today. And I hope you get some rest, mama. Hey, sister. If this episode brought some value to your life, encouraged you, or made your day better in some way, please share this with another mama friend who could use some encouragement and let her know she is seen and loved. I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook group where I bring value like this every single day and get to answer your questions personally. You can find the link down below in show notes. I pray your day brings you peace and rest, and I can't wait for our next chat. Talk to you soon, sweet friend.